Our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sapper, the world's leading augmented reality platform and creative studio. With over 11 years of experience working with the world's biggest brands through Zapper Creative Studio. Zapper also has an award-winning web AR platform, Zapworks, that lets you create your own mobile AR magic. Finally, check out their Zap Box, the most affordable mixed reality headset on the planet. Start creating AR over at zap.works or talk to them about your next AR project at zapper.com. Good morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink uh, with Ted Shilowitz. It's This Week in XR, Friday, September 9th, 2022. Good morning, Ted. Morning, Charlie. Nice to see you outside today. Looks like you're uh, finally taking a well-needed uh, vacation. A little, yeah, we're here for a destin- We're here in Taos for a destination wedding. I don't know if you heard the cro- the uh, crowing behind me. This particular Airbnb is in the kind of more rural part of Taos, nice to see that. Yeah. And, and the people behind us uh, have chickens. Nice. Yeah, it looks like a nice, nice little place to get away. I'm glad. You're yeah, here. yeah, it's a sweet Airbnb. We're moving to the the show hotel, so to speak, for the wedding today but uh let's get to the news not a super busy news week uh after labor day i was kind of surprised because uh usually after labor day there's a big push of news but not so this year uh, a few interesting things to talk about this morning though i mean the biggest news was varjo right. uh you know snagging another 40 million uh it was not an up round they've raised uh, about 200 and something million so far uh but their headset is dizzyingly good yeah uh I mean, literally, you're sitting there doing Microsoft Flight Simulator, and it's yeah, just it's too remarkable. real. It yeah, is it's just too real. The, the technology is remarkable. It requires a lot of GPU power to pull off that trick. Yeah, you can't do it. Can't do it without a pretty robust uh, PC. Yeah. So, uh, in other news, we got a few announcements from China this week, which is interesting because mm-hmm. we really don't know a lot about the XR industry in China, other than what Alvin Graylin of HTC tells us. And of course, Alvin has been on the show and is a lovely guy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, China is the biggest country in the world, and we just don't really know. It's rather opaque to us. You remember they said they were all in on VR in 2017, 2016. They built a VR theme park, which was just meh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now they're announcing that they're all in on the metaverse and digital humans, and they are encouraging startups and existing companies to embrace that, which, of course, Tencent already has. Right. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what really comes out. It it would be presumably a completely separate metaverse, probably with unique protocols than the one that um, we're trying to build here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Tencent and ByteDance might be the biggest players in this world, right, in, in terms of massive amounts of capital and understanding deployment of resources. Uh, but I think you're largely correct about, you know, the the China syndrome, as we would call it, is uh, they they make their own rules, define their own approaches to things, but definitely track trends. Uh, and, uh, you know, if this is a trend, uh, if all things related to Web3 are something that they think are going to be important, they will invest huge amounts of capital. Yeah, that uh, seems to be, to that seems to be what the announcements indicate, but we'll, we'll have to see how it starts to unload. Yeah. So uh, there was the code conference this week. Yes. Uh, and um, Evan Spiegel of Snap was on stage with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway, a rather... I would say on his part, brave move following the layoffs of mm-hmm. 20% of his workforce to 1,200 people, um, you know, at a time when uh, his stock prices really cratered. Their stock has fully cratered, right? And, and you know. And now, 
with the, with their valuation at 20 billion which is really pocket change for a company like Google or Apple uh, there's been a lot of rumors of possible acquisitions uh, or even hostile takeovers. Um, he emphasized at the conference that he has absolutely no interest in selling the company. Um, you know, he just bought the most expensive piece of real estate in LA. He's not hurting for money personally. Right. So right. I think right. he's going to hang in there. Uh, he also doubled down on uh, being a camera company and augmented reality, which he is passionate about. And you've got to admire that because, you know, AR hasn't... Uh, shall I say, exploded outside of SNAP as we right. thought it would. Sort of blossomed into the economic panacea that many thought it would be, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a long road, and I think that's more about timing than the eventual endpoint of mm -hmm. AR. But, you know, at the moment, it isn't an economic engine. You know, Pokemon Go is the clearest example of somebody who's figured out how to harness the power of augmented reality. Um, although Snap obviously would be the next largest company. I know they would love a piece of the revenue uh, that Pokemon Go generates, which by the way is far greater than the revenue generated by all of Snapchat with its 350 million users. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so I mean, as we were talking before, maybe buying the, the biggest piece of property in all of Los Angeles might not be the best look when your stock is at like a I think I think was the, a month well, ago. here's here's what he did following the layoff. He sent an email. Uh, this is Alex Heath reporting in The Verge. He's got some inside scoop on Snap, as he always has, which is great. Um, and he got a hold of a, an email uh, that he sent to the company uh, the Monday after the layoffs, which basically said that he felt like he was punched in the face. Um, that, you know, the company is suffering is something that he takes personally. Yeah. Uh, and then he predicted they were going to grow 30% and start generating real revenue with subscriptions. So, I mean, the way I read that is if I'm sitting in my snap cubicle or open floor plan, and I'm thinking about how much wealth I've generated for um, Evan and, you know, how my friends who have been laid off uh, were thanked in the worst possible way, mm -hmm. um, you know, that can't be good for their future. Yeah, maybe the stock team. options that people have gotten are largely worthless. So I think they're going to see an exodus of talent. Uh, there's just too much demand for talent, particularly in immersive media, uh, for people to simply uh, hang out there in a difficult circumstance. I've been through and participated in many reorgs, and they are painful as hell. Well, and and being in this this lane as long as you and I have, we remember X amount of years ago, I won't even remember how many years ago, when Facebook was really, really interested in buying Snap and made offers that kept moving higher and higher and higher. And Evan just flat out. Yeah, he did not, he did not do the, uh, and he did not need the kind of help that, um, that Brendan Iribe and, and, you know, um, Palmer, Palmer, Palmer Lucky. Lucky had. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, that company, it's really interesting if you read the book, um, by Blake Harris, History of the Future. Uh, I mean, there was no way they were going to make it. Their Kickstarter project was terrible. It be, actually was the beginning of VR winter. And, you know, when it came out in 2016, you know, you couldn't see your hands. <laughs> I mean, it was a really rudimentary and the amount of capital they would have needed to keep that going from that point would have been easily in the billions. Uh, and of course, we've Facebook is now spending um, 10 billion a year inordinate amounts of money to keep this yeah. well I, I mean you know uh facebook is a kingdom it's not a real company um there are no independent directors sort of everybody reports to mark including the board they serve at his pleasure uh he's got this idea that he's gonna 
you know, as the, the brands and social media inevitably decline, there'll be this rise of, uh, you know, the metaverse and, you know, their virtual reality, augmented reality business um, will rise and offset the decline. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he might be right about that. Again, it's going to take a while to play out. And, you know, while it plays out, people are going to be throwing rocks and concrete blocks and pianos and anvils at, at Meta. I mean, it is hard to imagine uh, a less uh, a company that has inspired more disdain. Uh, and I don't think the, I, I, you know, often like with Philip Morris, a rebrand really sort of changes uh, things, but I don't think it's doing anything for Meta right now. Yeah, I mean, as, as you know, using computer reference, I think there's a very binary outcome coming, right? Either he's 100% right, and he made the right bet, and he's putting the right resources against it, or uh, he's largely wrong, and his company will continue to dwindle and shrink. And you yep. know, it may follow the line of Snap, where it just ends up sort of having multiple crater effects, and it just... Well, needless to say, I, I really hope not. I like the people who work there, even though I, I don't like the company. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be talking today if it weren't for their acquisition mm -hmm. of Oculus and their incredible investment. They were even coming out with a high-end headset next month, uh, mm -hmm. which I guess they're going to uh, yeah, unveil it connect. In they'll do their virtual uh, Oculus Connect yeah. because, well, and look, if, I think that's an interesting sort of moment in time, right? They see no need and no propensity to do an in-person conference, even mostly post-COVID. They are fully leaned into the idea that we can do a virtual conference and the virtual world is going to be just as valid as the real world, where you and I that live in both sides of it kind of argue the other way. You know, We really like to go to Southwest and NAB and CES. We like the the personal dynamics of that, but we're at an age, you know, we're not our kids and we're not yeah. eventually our grandkids, right? So. Um, um, it's, it's funny, you know, in contrast, in, in contrast, you know, this week, um, you know, was the big Apple annual developer conference where yes. they unveiled the iPhone 14 and said absolutely nothing about their pending uh, AR device, which is right. interesting as an Apple watcher. How, how do you make, take that? Well, I, you know, and I've said this a lot over the past couple of years that you and I have been doing this. I think whatever speculation the world puts on a timeline, it's coming in 2022, it's coming in 20, well, let's go back, it started, it's coming in 2021, that's coming in 2022, <laughs> now maybe coming in 2020, late 2022. Or <laughs> I think that Apple has a really good understanding of what market dynamics are and what users will want to do and how they want to do it. And as a company that focuses on product delivery best of breed, they will keep iterating and keep working on something until they feel like they've got a Apple experience, a Macintosh experience on your face that is something that they can successfully market and truly believe in. And I don't think they believe in the sort of sideshow dynamics and the small but growing you know, market of what virtual reality and even mixed reality is today enough that they're ready to release a product that is only marginally better than what is out in the world, right? They, I mean, look, they're way into wearables. Watch has turned out to be a tremendous business for them. And, and now they're introducing a ring uh, sensor uh, mm -hmm. that will, um, you know, track your health and, you know, your body in real time, which clearly is a very big business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Fitbit, I sold to Google for over a billion dollars. So, I mean, this is, you know, people want health information. It seems to be the universal uh, 
you know, must have. So I've often said, oh, it'll be telepresence. Oh, it'll be media consumption. But I think it actually may be health. Yeah, and I, I, do, I do believe that the next visual experience is coming from Apple and it will be remarkable when it comes. I just, I tend to have this very sort of layback view, probably because I spent a lot of time in that culture and with those people that they don't release things before they're ready, right? And, and ready is, is a big step for them. Um, so we, it could be a while, but you know, I think there's a lot of predictive knowledge that sometime this year, we will see a first attempt at it. But I, I do not hold a 100% guarantee in that, on that logic at all. Well, Bob Scoble has been predicting the introduction yeah. of the AR device since 2020 uh, or 2019, and they've uh, confounded him uh, every year since. Uh, but he is an astute Apple watcher, and he's pretty sure about this one. And as is the uh, analyst um, Kuman King, that uh, mm -hmm. if, if I'm pronouncing his uh, name correctly, is uh, you know an Asian uh, tech writer who uh, has unusual visibility inside of uh, you know what's happening at Foxconn and other uh, people in the Apple supply chain. So that gives him a unique view. And he's been saying almost for the past two years that they're working on it. They're testing the, you know, how it could be manufactured. I mean, that's a pretty far along. Yeah. Uh, I just, my, my sort of contrarian view is I would just be prepared for it to take longer than you think for them to put this out into the world. That's so here's, opinion. here's a question about the metaverse and Apple. Yeah. Um, now, Tim Cook has said they have no interest in the metaverse, which makes sense because they're they're going to take the App Store and just expand it. It's a great business for them. It's established. They know how to do it. Um, but there will be a browser, obviously. Um, and that browser presumably should let you um, participate in whatever web-based metaverse there will be. And despite uh, Meta's efforts, um, I think they realize too that there's got to be more access than VR headsets. You know, you've got to be able to use a handheld device like a smartphone. Uh, you've got to be able to navigate on a PC. Um, you know, VR is just not going to get big enough uh, to accommodate all of the metaverse on its own. So, you know, this idea that there will be many metaverses and you can teleport between them uh, is pretty compelling, but it seems like if that's going to happen on Apple devices, it's going to be entirely based on the browser. Yeah, and and for me, and you know, again, this is something you and I have discussed a lot as well, this is, a, this is a lexicon discussion, not a technology discussion, and not a forward progress discussion. We have, you know, landed on this term from Neil, the metaverse. Uh, and I take this very, very, very broad view of what the metaverse is. The metaverse is anything that is connected via technology, as far as I'm concerned. It has less to do with the, you know, like the, the Matthew Ball approach to this. And we're both, you know, big fans and respect. Well, and he's been on the show twice. So on this, you know, we, but, but I do not sort of subscribe to the theory that the metaverse is a whole sea change in the visual experience of what we already do today. It's just an evolution of what we do today. And it's going to be 2D and it's going to be video and it's going to be 3D. It's not going to be this huge change. Now, right. underlying what we do with what we call Web3 and the crypto tenants and the blockchain tenants and the decentralized tenants are a big deal and changing things. But like, I would consider that you and I both do this on Zoom and on, you know, we delivered as an Apple podcast and a number of other, and we put clips on TikTok and we put clips on YouTube. 
it's already the metaverse. It's just a word. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it's like, well, it's just, I, I often tell people uh, uh, in my consulting business, because, you know, people are terrified they're going to be left out. It's like 1995 and having an email address. Right, right. And, you know, the, the thing is, you're not behind. <laughs> There's nothing to be behind. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. But I do think there are two trends here that, that are going to be uh, more and more important. One is what you could call the gamification of the internet, right? More and more people over time are going to navigate the internet, not with a mouse, but with a game controller. Yes, which and I believe I think, has been happening for generations. And, and, is, and, is and I think websites, you know, particularly ones that would benefit uh, from having uh, 3D products displayed on their website. So the, probably the most obvious one is the automobile industry. So you, get, you go to the Ford site and yes, you can look at the cars in 2D and pick colors and, and all that, but there'll be a 3D option if you want to walk around in a 3D um, showroom and open the door and sit in it and, and all that. And of course, look, that, Charlie, there, there are precursors, precursors to this that have been happening for at least the last 10 years yep. on automotive websites where you can load up your Ford Mustang, spin it around, change yes. the color of it, go inside it. And and, and we'll see that. And I think we'll see that happening with products on Amazon, right? Amazon is going to move away from the little chiclets on the side that where you bring up different still pictures and different angles. And instead, you'll get an object up there that you'll spin around and, and manage with your mouse or uh, right. your finger or whatever so device. It changes using. in the modernization of technology. It, it is not a big of a change as I think a lot of corporations that are worried about it think it is. It's yeah. just they're already doing all this stuff. It's just the internet doing doing new just tricks. Evolving it, right? Yeah. It's, it's not as big a deal as people think. It is it is already happening. It's so, you know, like I, I just I, I need I I always, I guess my job, my role is always just manage expectations, bring it back mm. down to reality, right? Like right, all so you're partners, doing this inside of your own company. Of course. And all the investment that's going on is like. We're already doing this. We're a streaming company. We're already <laughs> on the internet in so many ways. We're already in the metaverse. Will we evolve it? Will we get smarter and better at it? Just like every other company? Absolutely. Should we not ignore it and just stay in place? Absolutely. We need to be active and changing and modifying. Just like, you know, every wave of the internet had their changes, right? You and I don't use CompuServe anymore for some reason. We don't <laughs> use AOL anymore for some reason. Those were all early stages of what we now call the metaverse, which we right. used to call the World Wide Web. Well, and also let's let's be clear: the metaverse will contain today's internet as well as you know the digital twin of the physical world. But these are things that are going to take a long, free, you know, we talked to you know Matt Meisnikes and and John Geta, and the kind of things they're talking about are going to take quite a while. And so, everybody's working on something that is an independent piece of this yes. that will all get glued together in a tapestry, just like we do now, right? It's just the tapestry is going to change a little yeah. bit. That's all. It's it's that's I guess my maybe I maybe yeah. I make too much of it the other way. I just like but he's <laughs> so in up in arms about all this change. I'm like, this change has been happening for as long as we've been alive. Like I don't understand why suddenly now it's you think everything is changing in the next five minutes. That is not what's happening. I, I think we're conditioned to that sort of fast change mentality because how quickly uh, mobile and smartphones took over our lives. Mm. So I think that we're expecting everything else to happen just. Yeah, and as I guess quickly. I would I would make that argument that that is a perfect example of evolutionary change, right? It's the same computing dynamics. We just managed to move it to a different place and time because of what technology allowed. But it's also also a function of in the background these giant companies 
um, you know, experimenting and exploring. Well, and 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 providing internet, uh, providing infrastructure, right? With or yeah. even with just humble old four G smartphones, got tremendously better. Right. We had a computer in our pocket that we could access information from anywhere. We didn't have to log into it. We didn't have to be in a certain spot. The certain spot was everywhere. And those are ultimately tenants of what we now call the metaverse. So the smartphone is, you know, a perfect example of how the metaverse took over our lives. So we're we're going to wrap up the show. No guests this week. Um, but uh, as always, great hanging out with you, Ted, Absolutely. and uh, talking about the week's event. And uh, yeah. let's do it again next week. Yeah, enjoy your enjoy your trip. I'll be uh, at a remote location next week, but should be able to call in if I have good enough internet. And uh, you know, we'll talk more about all this stuff. All right, Ted, have a great weekend. Goodbye, everybody. Nice